0: bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host Michael Novagratic. Hello, I'm Michael Novagratic and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, October 16th, 2018. Tomorrow is Novagratic's 29th anniversary. We started out with 3 people in San Francisco on October 17th, 1989. And that was a memorable date for several other reasons. It was Game 3 of the World Series between the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. It was also the day of the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. Now fast forward 29 years later, and Novogratic has 27 offices across the country and more than 600 employees. I want to thank all Novogratic employees and partners present and past. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all our clients for the past 29 years. On behalf of my partners, we're looking forward to serving you in the years to come. Now, turning to today's podcast, I'll have an update on Opportunity Zones regulations. I'll also talk about a draft form that's been released for claiming the historic tax credit. And then I'll discuss the congressional election recess and state fact sheets on the importance of the low-income housing tax credit. And other topics will include support for the historic tax credit among November election candidates, as well as a filing extension for taxpayers affected by Hurricane Michael. If you're ready, let's get started. You may have seen this on my Twitter feed last week, but Senator Tim Scott said he expects Opportunity Zones regulations to be released by the end of October. Now, I expect the initial guidance will be interim, which means you can rely on it, as well as being proposed. There will likely be a 60-day public comment period, followed by final guidelines, maybe before the end of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it dragged on. Now, these long-awaited regulations are critical. Equity investments must be made by the end of calendar year 2019 for Opportunity Zones investors to realize the full benefits of the 15% tax basis step-up. Now, that's because Opportunity Fund investments must be held for at least seven years to qualify for the full 15% benefit, and the Opportunity Zones incentive is set to expire in the year 2026. Now, our Director of Public Policy and Government Relations, Peter Lawrence, wrote a Notes from the Reddit blog post on the wait for the guidance. In the blog post, Peter noted and wrote that some investors have moved forward with Opportunity Funds, even without additional guidance from the IRS. However, some, I'd say many, stakeholders are waiting for more concrete guidance before moving forward. Now, if you have questions about the Opportunity Zones incentive, or you'd like to join our Opportunity Zones working group, I encourage you to contact my partner, John Shreddy. He's in our Dover, Ohio office. I'll include his email address and a link to the notes from the Overgraduate blog post in today's show notes. Now, speaking of changes related to tax reform, obviously the Opportunity Zones Incentive is one, the IRS recently posted an early release draft of Form 3468 for the 2018 tax year. So why do you care about Form 3468? Well, Form 3468 is familiar to those in the historic tax credit world. It's the form that's used to claim your federal historic tax credits on your income tax return. The early, release, the early draft release of Form 3468 indicates that taxpayers will claim the historic tax credit at 4% per year over five years, beginning with the year the property is placed in service. Now, you'll remember that the Federal Historic Tax Credit survived tax reform last year, but how you claim the credit or how the credit is claimed by taxpayers has changed. Instead of being eligible to be claimed in one year, The credit now is recognized ratably, or you claim it on a ratable basis, over five years. It was unclear what ratable means. Given this form, it appears that 20% credit would be claimed as 4% a year over five years. Now, in fact, we still don't know for sure that the credit will be taken at 4% per year. That's because this is an early release draft. The form does still need final approval, and there can be changes between the draft form and the final form. Now, let me also remind you that the five-year provision applies only to projects not subject to transition rules made in tax reform. Those transition rules allowed taxpayers to claim the 10% rehabilitation credit, that's for properties originally placed in service before 1936, and that is a credit that was repealed as part of tax reform, well, you can claim the 10% rehabilitation credit if you begin your 24-month rehabilitation period test within 180 days of the law's enactment. That means that qualified rehabilitation expenditures incurred by taxpayers before December 31, 2020 would be eligible for 10% rehabilitation tax credits. Also under the transition rules, taxpayers can claim the 20% historic tax credit in one year if they met two standards. First, they had to have ownership of the property have entered into a long-term lease of the property as of December 31, 2017. And they also have to begin their 24-month measurement period for the substantial rehabilitation test by June 22, 2018. Now, I do have one additional note. The 24-month measurement period can be changed, or can be 60 months, for projects that are approved by the National Park Service as phase rehabilitations. The new form, by the way, The new draft form includes a way to take both the 20% credit and the 10% credit for properties that are operating under the transition rules. Now, a final draft of the form is expected to be posted sometime this month. I would encourage you to subscribe to Novigrad's free industry news alerts so you'll be notified as soon as those forms, the final forms, are available. Obviously, we'll also keep you updated here as well. So let's turn now to news from Congress. The Senate has left-to-go campaign. The Senate left two weeks early. Now, the Senate's going to be out through the November 6th elections, and they're scheduled to return on Tuesday, November 13th. That's four weeks from today. Now, the House has been on recess since September 28th, and they'll return on November 13th as well. Now, once the House and Senate return from their recess, The week after the election, lawmakers will have three and a half weeks to pass fiscal year 2019 appropriations bills. Five of the 12 annual spending bills were signed into law before the start of the fiscal year on October 1st. The remaining seven spending bills, including the one that funds HUD and Treasury, still need to be passed before the December 7th continuing resolution date is reached. Now, the threat of another partial government shutdown especially with regard to finding a U.S.-Mexico border wall, will likely play a factor in the lame-deck session of Congress. Speaking of which, be sure to tune in to a special midterm election results podcast we're going to have it the day after the election, Wednesday, November 7th. Now, in that special episode, I'm going to recap election results and how they could affect lame-deck negotiations, membership and leadership of tax-writing committees in the next Congress, as well as the future of tax legislation, such as Tax Reform 2.0, technical corrections, tax extenders, and more. Now, you can ensure that you're alerted as soon as the November 7th episode is available by subscribing to the Novograd Tax Credit Tuesday podcast. Now, you can subscribe on iTunes, and you can follow our podcast, RSS Feed. I'll tweet links to both these subscription methods. Now, let's move on to the topic of affordable housing. The Action Campaign recently updated its fact sheets, fact sheets on the impact of the low-income housing tax credit in every state. Now, many of our listeners have seen and used these fact sheets to demonstrate the importance of the low-income housing tax credit in their own states as well as in various congressional districts. The fact sheets report how many homes were developed or preserved using the low-income housing tax credit in each state since the inception of the program in 1986. Other data points in the fact sheets are the number of jobs the housing credit supports annually, as well as how much tax revenue and local income the credit generates. There is one important update this year. The data now shows what impact a 50% increase in the low-income housing tax credits through the allocation, recommendation, or provision in the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act would have on each state. Now, for example, in Texas, a 50% housing credit allocation increase could help finance more than 22,000 additional affordable housing units over the next 10 years. Look at California. There, the 50% increase in housing credit allocations could finance another 31,000 affordable housing units over the next decade. Nationally, Novogratz calculations found That a 50% increase in low income housing tax allocation authority would allow more than 264,000 units of additional affordable housing to be built in the next 10 years. Now, on each state fact sheet, the action campaign calls on Congress to expand the low income housing tax credit, to strengthen the credit by making the program more streamlined, and to preserve multifamily housing bonds, which finance about half of all low income housing tax credit properties. The state fact sheets can be an important resource for affordable housing advocates to show how important the low-income housing tax credit is for building and preserving affordable housing. I will include a link to the updated state fact sheets in today's show notes. The Action Campaign does expect to release district fact sheets updated with 2016 data in the coming weeks. We also expect the Action Campaign to release fact sheets on the impact on affordable housing production of the minimum 4% credit using Nevada calculations. So stay tuned for that. Continuing with the topic of affordable housing, Senator Dean Heller of Nevada introduced last week Senate Bill 3580. That bill would incentivize housing property owners and developers to rent to low-income seniors at restricted rents. More specifically, seniors living in those apartments would pay no more than 30% of their income for rent and utilities. States would receive $1.75 per capita or a $2 million minimum amount in senior renter credit authority. I'll give more details on the bill in next week's podcast. Turning to other news, 98% of congressional candidates who responded to a survey from Preservation Action said that they support the Federal Historic Tax Credit. Preservation Action sent surveys to candidates from the House and Senate in all 50 states, and they received 150 responses. The 98% support for the historic credit wasn't the only result. 99% of those who responded said they support the Historic Preservation Fund, and 96% said they support considering the impact of potential infrastructure legislation on historic resources. Now, I'll post a link to to the survey results in today's show notes. And meanwhile, the IRS last week extended the deadline for certain individual and business tax returns for those affected by Hurricane Michael. Certain tax payments also got an extension. The deadline for those is now February 28, 2019. This does apply to any area that has a major disaster declaration by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. The change postpones various tax filing and payment deadlines as well, those that started October 7th of this year. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. I do hope to see many of you later this week in Austin, Texas. We're holding our New Markets Tax Credit Conference. We're also very pleased that our keynote speaker will be Representative Jason Smith. Representative Smith is on the House Ways and Means Committee and is a strong supporter of the New Markets Tax Credit. He's a lead sponsor in bills to make the New Markets Tax Credit permanent and to make an additional $1 billion of New Markets Tax Credit Allocation Authority available to rural areas. I'm very much looking forward to his insights this week. And if you haven't registered yet for the event, I encourage you to do so. The registration link is in today's show notes and I would also tweet it out. Well, that's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at wwwnovacocom forward slash podcast, or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes, at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogradick and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.